Radio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. You can also listen to podcasts of all of our local shows on demand and get news and traffic alerts. Listen to local talk shows in the morning and afternoon drive, and we're Pensacola's home for Brian Kilmeade. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. sometimes say that I could listen to like um, you know Harry Belafonte sing the phone book yeah. I could listen to uh, Eddie Van Halen tune a guitar <laughs> I mean, same you know, right like, right it's he's amazing great. we've been watching his old podcast his old YouTube's oh, it's fantastic I know, I know. 639 here on News Radio 92.3 informative local dependable I'm Andrew McKay joining us now we have Escambia administrator Wes Moreno Wes happy new year sir Hey, good morning, Andrew. Happy New Year. Great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I will take it. Let's start with what's been in the news the last 24 hours, the wraparound loop on the east side of the Bay Center, which the commission had sent a letter to FDOT saying, hey, we'd like to go ahead and close it over Andrew McKay's objections, because I love the wraparound. Use it all the time and keep it open just for me, I say. Um, but okay, I, fine. I remember that. <laughs> right. Um, so now it looks like the price tag is going to be the stymie here. Help me understand how on earth it would take $3.5 million to close that loop. I'm not in favor of it, so I'm fine with the outcome, but wh- wh- why would it be so expensive? Well, it's just the demolition and then the redesign of how, how you're going to replace it and what you're going to replace it with. So it's not just the demolition itself. I'm sure there's some design efforts in there as well and traffic study pattern, you know, traffic studies and those sorts of things come into play. Uh, bringing solutions to what you're going to do after you close and after you do the demolition and, and, Quite honestly, the projects right, that are coming in and being estimated right now, they're just expensive. I mean, yeah. even, the, even the ones that you think would come in a little cheaper than they do, that, that everything we're seeing is just expensive, more expensive these days. All right. So, I mean, it looks like right now we're at a, you know, wow, that price tag's too high uh, at an impasse. And so unless somebody comes forward with a funding source, that's not going to happen? Is that what I hear? That's uh, that would be that would be uh, that would be my inclination. Yes. Oh no, I'm crying. Um, <laughs> no, so, uh, one of the things that people might not realize it's on the agenda for today. You got an agenda review the morning and the night. You know the the happy two meetings days. Um, but the W yeah. Street and US 29 intersection with all of that, what I would call the rippled pavement. You know, if you've driven through there, you know it's a mess. Um, they're going to be repaving mm-hmm. that area, and that's going to be closures of the intersection. As I understand it, US 29 will still be functional north and south, but with restrictions, and that's going to be an up to four days closure weather pending. Do I have it right, and do we know when this is likely to take place? You do have it right. I do not know exactly when it's going to take place. I would say the convenient thing, if it, if it is such a thing, is it's not too hard to take uh, Marcus Point Boulevard sure. uh, over, you know, to Debbie and go down. Uh, so it's not. Hopefully, it won't be too too inconvenient for for traveling public. But uh, as far as the timeline, I'm not sure exactly. The the what, what I think is going to catch a lot of people when it first happens is they're going to find themselves have gone all the way north on W past the EOC and the the theater mm-hmm. and they get to the Honda and they're mm-hmm. like uh oh what now <laughs> you know <laughs> well hopefully they'll have good MOT there and point people to Mark's Point Boulevard to take them maintenance up. of traffic by the way for you non acronym people yeah no hopefully that's mm-hmm. the case. 
Uh, one of the things that's on the agenda today, well, actually, since we're in the traffic vicinity, I should ask, um, the Perdido Key, um, the roundabout, again, I haven't driven out there and it's my fault, um, is open, but there's some additional stuff going on and it just kind of made the news a little bit as a, there are some issues, some concerns, and now we've got like a $400,000 funding on the agenda for today. What more is there to be yeah. done still? There's, there's going to be some lighting, some lighting, some additional striping, some additional signage, and some uh, just some other amenities around that particular roundabout area. And uh, you know, we, we took some concerns about you know it's too dark, it's not, you know, it needs more lighting, could use more signage, maybe better striping. And so those are some of the things that we're going after. Okay, so I mean, I, again, I haven't driven it, so I don't know what it would be like at night, but. In my experience, roundabouts are they're always a bit of a surprise to people. And so good signage and good lighting is an essential unless you want to get one of those videos where you see people go airborne with their cars because they didn't know a roundabout was coming, which we're not looking for. Uh, so I can you know certainly support that. You've got the Oakfield Acres drainage study back on. This was delayed for what, just some com- kind of technical things. Is that right? Yeah, it, yeah, that's right. Uh, contractual agreement. Uh, we didn't quite have it ironed out like we needed to the last time. So we... Fix that issue, and it's back. It's back on, and that'll be a good project for us there in District Three. So I uh, listen. I live in the area. I don't live in the affected area here, but I live you know close enough that I know that pretty well. Obviously, we had the Monarch Place development that was heavily protested. They've done a lot of work to make mm-hmm. sure that drainage is good. It, it's it's as long as I've lived here. When you get a rain, the streets you know get flooding across the streets, and those side swales always fill up. But my question is, if we're going to spend close to a million dollars just on the study, and then the remediation is certainly going to be in the millions. I mean, if we try to fix anything in underground, any mm-hmm. of that, as you and I mm-hmm. talked about, how much of the flooding there is nuisance flooding and how much of the flooding there is intrusion flooding? Because unless I'm mistaken, it's all nuisance flooding, which is annoying, but is not damaging the homes. Or am I wrong about that? Well, I think there are some homes that are being affected, and you are right. There is some some nuisance flooding going on there, but there's also a surrounding area that ties into this, and the infrastructure in there is is old. Uh, quite honestly, the roadway's old, the pavement's old, right? And so, you know, just well, when we come back in, we want to do a total rehab of the area and basically reconstruct that neighborhood and that area, and it will totally look it look totally different than what it is right now, and it will function. Uh, just from a traffic standpoint and a drainage standpoint, it will function immensely better than what it does today. I think what I heard you say is you promised you were going to get rid of the speed bumps. Is that right? You're going to get rid of all the speed bumps? <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I mean, I swear. That's what you just uh, said. I'm going to quote you on that. Okay, you're get, all the speed bumps on Sarah and on uh, Oakfield and everything. Okay, excellent. Fantastic. Thanks for the promise, Wes. Uh, <laughs> I know he did not say that. I just it's my own optimistic ears. Uh, we're talking to Wes Moreno. He's the Escambia County Administrator. Hang on for just a second, Wes. Let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. Uh, good news is we're not showing any slowdown on Sarah or Oakfield or any of these places. <laughs> Except at the speed bumps. Except by the speed bumps. No, and it, it looks like everything is fine. Certainly, if you have traffic tips, you can uh, text us, 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Uh, Wes, one of the other things, actually a couple of things on the agenda for today have to do with reefage that Escambia County is per- partnering with. We we have a lot of reef projects, don't we? We do. It's a uh, it's really a healthy program for us, and, and what allows it to be healthy is a lot of the money that we're using to uh, deploy these reefs are, is grant money, grant funding. So it's not our general fund, it's not our LOST. Uh, it, it is uh, all grant money, and that's just fantastic for us. And 
you know, it, of course, it's the it's the fishing and the diving activities and yeah, and the water activities that that, that make it a, an economic impact as well. No, it's 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 really quite quite something. I mean, you know, I I think of us as being involved in like one project at a time, but we've got all kinds of them, and none of the stuff that's on for today even deals with the project where the the family from the surf shop had donated a bunch of money to buy reef elements, and then they're going to get recompensated as we drop them in by people who were sponsoring them for their loved ones or whatever. I mean, it's just we're doing a lot, so that's a really good thing. Um, the cold weather that hit us over Christmas did that affect the county particularly? It did, uh, I, and I'll say this: uh, I got a couple of problems brag on Travis Thompson a little bit. Uh, you know, he he was out ahead of the, of, the, of the event by a week, working with our community partners and the homeless and the, and the shelters and the warming centers for for those who wanted to participate in that. And but what we found is uh, we came back, and our judicial center, the public defender's office, was flooded. Really, because of a leak in a coil that happened, and. Uh, yeah, we had some chillers go down with some leaks, waterline leaks under the asphalt that had to be busted out and repaired. So uh, I, I appreciate the patience of the folks that work at Judicial that are affected by that coil being being down because they've been working in pretty pretty hot conditions the past couple of days. Uh, Friday, our downtown building was up 90, 85 or 90 degrees inside of it. And uh, so it's the facilities has really stepped up to the plate. Christmas morning, we had staff. They're at judicial, drying it out, cleaning it up, doing the assessments, and you know everybody just had a great attitude while they were doing it, and and uh, that's it speaks says a lot uh, for our employees, and I appreciate them doing that on, on a Christmas morning and and not complaining about it, being happy, you know, happy to happy to be there with, with smiles on their face, and our public works guys were out ahead as well, they were standing bridges and doing the things that they do. Uh, it's but it, it's just just a, lot, a good effort by the multiple departments and um, in, in, uh, throughout the county to, to come bring us through the event. Yeah, actually, I meant to say that was um, something we didn't really I, I didn't expect to happen. But uh, a couple of the little bridges over creeks that I drive across, I noticed on the day or two before, suddenly there was this big pile of sand on. I'm like, what happened? And then I'm like, oh, I bet that was the county. That was you guys, right? That was us. That was us. Absolutely. Trying to make sure that those were safe when or if the, you know, expected precipitation and freezing hit. And yet, look, you know, we're not built for freezing pipes here in Florida. We're just not. I was in St. Louis where they expected, and I was at a, basically at a museum where they had the whole bottom level was shut down because they had broken pipes. And so, you know, if a place like St. Louis can have that problem, certainly we can have that here. Hey, uh, last thing I wanted to ask you about, there's an item on the agenda for today that is, um, it's to raise the limit with which you can personally just sign off on something as opposed to it has to go to the board. The purchasing limit uh, would go up to 50000 It used to be 50000 and then it got pulled down to 25000 a couple of years ago. I think it was Commissioner Barry, if I remember correctly, out of a concern that things were getting slid in at, you know, 49.9 just because they could be done that way. Uh, any particular reason why the thing's being raised back up now? Uh, efficiency, just efficiency. I think uh, Stephen Hall has done a great job in putting this together. So what we're going to do, you know, I'll have that authority, but we will be giving a report to the board uh, on a periodic basis of which things that I have signed and approved uh, so they are aware of what's going on. I think that was a f- kind of uh, a problem we had previously was the board really wasn't getting those reports of okay. what you know, the administrator was signing. And so what we've done is modified that process a little bit. So when I sign something, whether it be monthly or quarterly or bi-monthly, they'll get that report. 
and it will tell them the things that, you know, under 50 that I've signed. Okay, so, I mean, the, the long-standing concern had been that, you know, well, look, if you've got a limit of 50 and it's a $200,000 spend and you just kind of break it up into five chunks that are below 50 and you just kind of don't really show that to the to the, to the the commissioners, then that can be a problem. But what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, is uh, even though you're going to have authority up to 50, you would, you're going to be more, there's more of an automatic reporting like, hey, he's, here are the things I'm spending on. And so commissioners would be able to see if there's anything strange going on more easily through that process, even though they wouldn't have to give pre-approval. Is that basically right? That is correct. That is correct, and we will. We I will not be signing anything for forty nine nine ninety five. You know, I hear the price tag of removing all the speed bumps in Oakfield Acres is forty nine thousand nine hundred. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I, I've seen. You know, sadly, I've seen some of that go on, and and it's it's not good. It's not good practice. It's not transparent. If you have a project that you know coming in at forty seven to forty eight thousand dollars. If there's a, a chance that, that there may be a change order, well, I'm probably still going to take that to the board anyway. Yeah, and and I, you know, and I, yeah, I appreciate that. And even you would, I think you would say, well, look, if there's even the possibility that this might look weird, it doesn't prohibit you from coming to them and saying, you know, I could sign this, but I want to make sure I've got your approval. Which, you know, I know you, and I think you would do that anyway. So. Outstanding. Exactly. Well, um, happy New Year, Wes. Always good to talk to you. Uh, we'll look forward to the two meetings today, and then we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you, Andrew. We'll see you. You 